North-South Connection Podcast Multiverse. Hello there. This is Johnny C., and welcome to our continuing Cronoso Daily coverage. Today, we're going to be starting something rather large. I guess you could call it, if you wanted to, the large happening. Unfortunately, the WWF at the time decided to go with the name The Big Event. And what a big event it is indeed. And it's not only big, it's a new event. It's a new event to me. I have never seen one iota of footage from this premium live Coliseum home event. And the reason I call it that is because the version that we have available on the WWE Network only on Peacock for $5.99 a month, I think. I cannot confirm that because I don't actually look because I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, what it actually is, is it's a, it's an event that took place on August 28th, 1986 from C&E Stadium in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay. And the event was later hacked and slashed to fit onto a 120 minute SP VHS cassette. And unfortunately, that's the only footage or at least the only one that's been released of the event that remains intact. So I will try to provide with you, to the best of my ability, the footage that was available for the match that I've been assigned. But let's set the stage for a moment. As any WWF slash E loyal fan knows, an event like this cannot simply start with just starting. There has to be some sort of opening intro or video package. And what we've got is helicopter footage of the beautiful, pollution-free city of Toronto, Mean Gene pops in in a voiceover and claims to be in the helicopter. I claim to disagree. He basically explains what Canada is to the American audience because they're probably ignorantly bliss to what, uh, you know, resides above them to the north. It's intercut with clips of the actual event that we're going to watch, which I will admit is a little off-putting. I don't, I don't know. It's weird to see because like Mean Gene is talking about He's, he's up in the helicopter before the show starts because he says things like, look at the crowd filing into Toronto, Ontario, CNE Stadium. But then they're intercutting clips of what's happened at the event. So, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I realize if I've gone to my local Blockbuster video and rented this tape that it's not happening live. But the presentation could be modified a little bit. But whatever. I'm not going to complain. Oh, wait, I already did. Um they claim it's the largest crowd to see a wrestling show outside to this point. It's like 60 or 70,000, depending on who you ask. Um, one of the, a couple things I should mention before the event starts and specifically uh, about this intro, there is a great moment where they intercut a clip of Hulk Hogan walking down the aisle for his main event match. And the security guard that's flanking him looks like what, uh, my beloved hero Aquaman, Jason Momoa would look like if he went on like a seven year heroin bender. And it just really made me laugh. Gene tries to hype the event that indicating that this stadium in this year alone has seen the likes of Phil Collins with Genesis, which means we seem to have an invisible touch. Yeah, she takes control and then grabs hold of my heart. She seems to have an invisible touch. Yeah, that's mean Gene as Phil Collins. And wouldn't you know it? We've also had Elton John. And I don't mind telling you that I'm still standing here better than I ever did. I'm looking like a true survivor and feeling like a little kid. 
I hope I got the lyrics right, guys, because that's all from the top of the noggin and from that movie Sing that I took my kids to see. Um, starting off, we've got a banger of an opener. It's Haas and Jimmy Jack Funk with the Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart taking on the Killer Bees. Right away, I noticed that Jimmy Jack Funk is dressed like the kid from summer school who's always asleep in class because he's a male stripper. And then I did some research and saw that summer school actually came out in 1987, which means it was most likely being filmed as this event took place. And I'm wondering if summer school stole it from Jimmy Jack Funk. Uh, Haas and Jimmy Jack are here. Chainsaw Funk is absent and his presence is missed. I also want to find a copy or a replica of that beehive coat that the, the killer bees wear. And I want to wear it to work every day. Gorilla Monsoon, Ernie Ladd, and Johnny Valiant are on the call, which is a combination I've never experienced before. And guys, they did not disappoint. Um, I had the closed captions on because I did. Uh, Jennifer Smith has uh, turned me into a, a, a WWE closed captioning fan. Um, I usually only watch it for movies, but now I've got it on for these events, and it doesn't disappoint. Within 30 seconds, Johnny Valiant takes the throne as the king of indistinct because most of his words are granted the wonderful closed caption gag <laughs> brackets indistinct. He would be challenged for that later in the contest. One thing I also noticed about the closed captions, uh, which you can tell how awesome this match was because I'm already hardcore into talking about other shit. Uh, they, every time they say World Wrestling Federation, they've changed the word federation to entertainment. And I don't know, like, I know that the WWF trademark was contended, but not the word Federation, right? I don't know. The match starts, and right away, B. Brian Blair is humbling both of the funks with body slams. It's body slam city, bitch. I mean, there's a lot of them here. The funks take a step out to take a breather, and then this glorious exchange happens on commentary. Gorilla says, Oh, Ernie, that all started with a tremendous high hip lock. And then Ernie Ladd says, and I quote, <clears throat> yes, he did. And I can assure you, indistinct, the funks out there and they were looking probably to impress this freaking crowd right here, which is a good treat tonight. The killer bees are going to assure you of their youth and their young moves and that they will be looking for the same type of victory. Wow. Uh, Gorilla then says, there's a, quite a look of intensity on B. Brian Blair. And Johnny Vine says, that's not intensity. He's confused. He's a confused idiot. The Funks cannot get any offense in this match, and they continue to take breathers and breathers and breathers. At this point, the match is fine, but I'm going to beg you. I stopped writing verbatim what these guys on the announce booth in the announce booth say, but I'm begging you to go back and watch this match with the closed captioning on to see some of the fucking dynamite gems that the closed captioners write instead of what the uh, broadcast journalists actually say. Um, it is all killer bees here in this match, though. It's an interesting format for an opening contest because, like, normally I would expect a tag team match to maybe start hot with the with the baby faces on offense, and then you know you get your long heat segment, and then the baby face come back for the victory. I mean, it's like opening match tag team 101, but the bees are really just in control here. Uh, finally, during a sleeper uh, that I think B. Brian Blair has locked in. The Funks, uh, the, uh, whichever Funk is on the outside interferes in the match and the referee gets distracted and they do a switch and they finally get on offense. They immediately toss Jumpin' Jim Brunzel to the outside. 
B. Brian Blair comes over to check on him to see if he's okay, when all of a sudden, someone clips the tape! What's happened here? There's this weird transition where both the killer bees are outside with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel on the ground in pain and B. Brian Blair standing over him checking to see if he's okay. And the, this graphic of like what we now know as the WWE double feature happens, and all of a sudden both the bees are on the ground, time has clearly passed, and they're putting on their masks. And and the wrong killer bee gets in the ring. We got a fresh bee, Tony! A fresh bee! A fresh bee! Um there's chaos. I notice how wrinkly the mat is, which is kind of weird and off-putting. The rep tries to get JJ Funk out of the ring. And now the killer bee switch! We've gone from a fresh bee to an illegal bee! Illegal bee! Illegal bee! Small package! One! Two! It's history, as Gorilla Monsoon says. Um, and that's it. I mean, there's not much to it. This match is honestly not offensive at all. There was nothing really spectacular to talk about, so I think I had to kind of just focus on the hoopla and the nonsense. But let's not lie. Did you expect anything less from young Jonathan Ocean, which is I? Um, I don't know. I'd give it two and a half, which is like your average uh, if you're going by, like, standard Internet rules. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the match at all. It was perfectly fine. I'm sure the clipping helped that. Um, I kind of love the Killer Bees gimmick of putting on the masks to to sort of cheat, as even though they're baby faces, when uh, they've had enough of heel chicanery. So I dig that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to encourage you to check out everything on the Cronoso, uh, on the Cronoso, everything revolving around the Cronoso Daily Project, but everything on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. We got plenty of content to tickle your fancy. Check me out on WCW Must Die or Johnny C in the Multiverse of Fabulousness, which you can catch one of them on any Sunday that doesn't directly follow a WWE live premium event on the cock. And I leave you with this quote from Gorilla Monsoon that actually closes out this portion of the program and I think does justice to every single thing that has to do with this match. He says, well, the Funks tried to pull out all the stops to defeat these youngsters, but in the end, it just wasn't to be. Yes, to be with the killer bees. All right, I'm done.